0: Well, I love November. I love November because I, when it is November, I do think of food. I think I have my eye toward Thanksgiving. Anybody with me? I think about pumpkin spice stuff. I think about apple spice stuff. I think about the pies and the rich food. And, and, I, and, and, and sometimes I buy a pumpkin pie before Thanksgiving and I eat it all myself. And it was so, so I, I just love that that idea that food and it it's so satisfying and having good food. Um, and uh, so I was thinking about our food and God connected. I don't mind just, I don't mean just thanking God for our food, but is there something in the eating? Is there something in the idea of, of people coming together, having a great conversation and great food together that's somewhat like God? And then I discovered in the scripture, there is a scripture that speaks to that. Today, we're going to be talking about experiencing God's goodness around the table, which is the table where Jesus invites us to. And it's found, the scripture is found in Isaiah 55, 1 through 5. So we'll put that up on the screen and we'll go through that scripture. Um, you can look at whatever version you'd like. It's just the, the, the uh, New Living version. I like it in a couple different versions, but um, I encourage you to look at this together. It starts out, is anyone thirsty? Anybody thirsty? Um, Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why do you spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples? I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, has made you glorious. May God bless you. His reading of his word. What is God saying? God is saying, I'm opening up like the best grocery store. What's your Favorite Metro market, Harbor Green, Safeway, whatever it is. And it's all free. And I don't want you to pick, I don't want you to pick the, the, the cheapest food. I want you to pick the finest food, the best food, and it's all free. God is saying, I am like that. I am like an open invitation to come. Or it'd be like an invitation to someone who could afford the finest food. Imagine what it would be like to be at the table with 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 Garth Garth Brooks. Oh, why did I say that? Oh, I because somebody I know just went to his uh, concert and had a meal with him or Carrie Underwood or, or or your favorite or Marty Schultz. I think she's out there. If you've never had a meal at Marty's, Marty knows how to cook as so many of you do when I go to the potlucks. I know who are the good cooks and you're all awesome. But it's a what is this thing that 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 God is saying? He is saying. It's this beautiful buffet dinner I'm providing for you is a wide open invitation. God is not saying, hey, only some of you qualify. Only some of you are good enough. Only some of you are the right pedigree. Only some of you uh, look the part. He said it's a wide open invitation. Come. Come and and participate. Come to me. This particular one, I do like the King James Version. Uh, King James Version starts out with this word, ho. Ho, everyone who is thirsty. And it likens back to town criers of of old. Town criers would march up and down the street and they would cry out, Hear ye, hear ye, and they would announce the news. I don't know how often they would hear the news. Maybe once a month. Can you imagine uh, a couple of people, uh, a husband and wife in their house, and there's Martha and George, and Martha turns to George. Did you hear the news? Oh, yeah, last month. It was good. It was on a Thursday. Can't wait till next month. Wouldn't that be nice to hear the news only once a month? It's like you only have one day to fret about it all. Just like, okay, we got that out of our system. Once a month. The town criers would come and they'd say, here, 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 listen up. Something important is being announced. Listen. Who are our town criers today? I don't know anybody except maybe the ice cream man. I loved the ice cream man when I was a kid. I would go running. Not to the ice cream man. To mom. Mom, I need some money because the ice cream man is here. And it was about... You know, 20, 80 percent, 20 percent, she'd say yes, 80 percent, probably no. She goes, we have ice cream in the freezer. Anybody ever do that to your kids? we got ice cream in the freezer. So I don't know what it would be today, but I imagine, you know, we are inundated with so many people hawking out to us, calling to us, wanting our attention. It could be the sale at Macy's or as I get on my cell phone occasionally, someone promised me a great getaway. You remember, Mr. Fay, you've been at one of our resorts before. And I go, no, I haven't been one of your resorts before. And I used to be nice and I used to listen for a while. And I hate to say it if one of you are those telecom people. I just hang up because I just don't have the time. But I remember I, I, a, a sci-fi movie that I, I watched. Um, it's an old one. And uh, and the, uh, the guy's walking through an airport. And, be, and, 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 and And all the advertisements are moving around him. And it has somehow it has a, a little sight recognition, looks at his eyes, and it can tell who it is. And so this guy's name was John Anderton. He said, John Anderton, you could use Alexis. The road you're traveling on, John Anderton, is the road less traveled. Can you imagine walking past that and it's calling out to you? Or another one, John Anderton, you could use a Guinness right and about now. John Anderton, get away, forget your troubles. Now, you and my, I actually, I heard that the technology is possible for them to do that, by the way, that you could walk down and people could be hawking to you and they calling out and your name could be attached to a, a billboard as you walk by. Well, some of us, you don't really need that because it happens to us a lot. We have callers calling out to us. Yes, the media is one, the news may be another, but you also have other callers, things in, the, in your mind that are always calling out to you, your finances the car that needs repair, uh, your family, whatever situation. We all carry with us, right, callers calling out for our attention. I wonder, with all the calling, is there room for God's voice? Is there room for us to hear the good news? When you hear the news, it's mostly bad news. And I would submit to you that the news does not feed your soul. Anybody agree with me? The news does not feed your soul. It's important. We need to listen to it. But if I always only listen to the news that it's talking to me, whether it's advertisements or whatever's happening in the world, then that's not going to feed my soul. We need some good news. This is what this is all about. This is good news. In the midst of bad news, I have some good news, news that if you pay attention to would be like the best food for your soul. Who is this calling four. God's invitation is to God's people first, and then God's people are to spread the good news to others. It tends to be God goes to the people who are supposed to be receptive to them, and then they are supposed to share the good news with others. This uh, this actual scripture in Isaiah 55 is addressed to some uh, Israelites, uh, people of Israel, Jewish people that are in exile. And it doesn't feel like good news. They're cut off from their own land. They're cut off from having making their own decisions. I'm sure that the food that they're eating is not the finest. And some of them are, are feeling discouraged about their situation in life. And then God says, so why? Here's the, here's the biting question. Why do you consume and are never satisfied? Could that be a theme for america could that be a theme for our community why are you always consuming but it's never satisfying you it's always the next thing i believe what god is saying that you and i were created for a life of goodness we are to live a life of goodness god is saying you settle for food that doesn't satisfy now i want to present to you something that will satisfy you something good What caused them to go into exile? Well, they were looking for satisfaction outside of God. If you know their situation, you would have known that under the pressure of other countries around them and other cultures around them, they would look for satisfaction. And because they couldn't see God all the time, God couldn't be controlled by them. They would look for a a way that seemed more tangible. And they would give in to the people around them and copy some of the practices that were there. And God, it's as if God said, you want to go and find satisfaction outside of me, then out of satisfaction with me, you will go and you will experience what it's like to live a life without my goodness. In our community, how are we doing? There's a report that I can I I get that I've shared with the board and somewhat with the staff called uh, Mission Insight and it's based on the uh, national census, and we did a three-mile study of our area, how are they doing? And they would rate uh, people's responses one to five. So how's it going in our community? Well, most of our community is right in the middle on most things. They wanna have a a good life, they wanna have a good family, but they're kinda in the middle. They're wanting to aspire for good things. But in this three-mile radius, there's also some disturbing news also. Poverty is somewhat above the norm. That's number four out of five, by the way. Um, Religiosity is somewhat low. That would be number two out of five, that they're somewhat low. Um, Here's an interesting thing. Of all the things that people aspire to in our community, a sense of well-being is somewhat low. Low. What do we as a church pay attention to? We are exploring in this uh, season, what are we called to do as a church? How are we to be sensitive to the needs around us? Can we think about ministry outside of even our own doors, in our own community, perhaps in this three-mile radius? When we look at people are not feeling good about life, people are feeling somewhat subject to poverty, people are somewhat frustrated with their life. And the, I think what is the anxieties of life have driven out what they can feel is good people are not all experiencing the goodness some people are excluded from the bounty that you and i may enjoy they don't have the means to provide for themselves they're missing goodness in our country right now the number one anxiety is the country how we're doing number two is the finances right under there anybody with me on that those anxieties my my uh offer to you is that these kinds of anxieties actually crowd out the goodness of God that we can't even see it we get so burdened down by the big things or the little things that sometimes we cannot feel it it could be the leaky faucet the child that's crabby the parents that are not what you wish they would be sometimes for kids the the level of uh, that some of you kids feel about when you go to school and the, the level of schoolwork is so heavy upon you That somehow the goodness of life is squeezed out. Are we experiencing God's goodness? Some are, but many are not. I think what will get us back, what will get us back? A satisfying experience with God. Come to me, God says, and be filled with me. It's like he's combining health food and comfort food all in one. You can eat whatever you want and it's good for you. Ah, now that's the way I would like to eat. Let your hearts be filled to content. To know God's goodness is to know God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That you know goodness for God's sake. Many of us can talk about the things that God has blessed us with as we do this season. We can be thankful for all the good gifts that God gives us, and we should. I will talk to you about that in a minute. We should be thankful, but also we should point to the one who gives us those good things and thank God for himself and for his sake. God is good. David in the Psalms talked about God's goodness probably more than anyone else. If you want to do a little search in the Psalms, you will find that David predominantly talked about the goodness of God both when he was going through the highs of life and when he was going through the lows of life. And he says these words in Psalm 34:8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Now, we know we're not physically tasting God, but he's, he's attributing our physical hunger to our spiritual hunger. Come and taste that God himself is good, not just his blessings, but that God himself is good. Do you know that? Do you, have you experienced that God himself is good for you? That you've had an experience with him where you just sense him and his goodness? The only way you could know God's goodness is to taste it. The believing is in the tasting. You can tell me how wonderfully appointed your table is. You could talk to me about, about how, how it just looks so beautiful but I want to taste it. My wife watches cooking shows all the time. They, they, talk, they talk about presentation. And presentation is, is fine. How many you into presentation? I, just want, I don't want it just flopped on the, on the table, but I just want to eat it. So if it's good, it's good. And if it's not, you know, they don't have all the twigs arranged just perfectly, I'm okay eating it because it's good. The believing is in the tasting. The way you know God's goodness is I could describe it to you. I could make the presentation really alluring to you. But you have to taste it for yourself. Many of us have. We've tasted that God, God is good for his own sake. It's all about what believing God does in you, not just the things he does for you. That the goodness of God is not always measured by all the things I have because I just know him. First, you need to know that the goodness of God is already yours. You may not feel it today or maybe you do, but there is a fact that God's goodness is already yours. You already have God's goodness. God's goodness for us never wavers. It's a fact. When you know God, you have his goodness. David again says it's like it's stored up in heaven for you. Waiting to be dispersed. God's goodness. He says it this way. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection. Blessing them and watching before the watching world. Believe there is goodness ready to be given to you. Stored in heaven. God's goodness does not waver. It's a fact. But your experience of God can. You and I were created for a life of goodness. To participate in the good in the goodness of God. But some people might say. God's goodness. What about. My father who is dying. My brother. Was back in addicted to drugs again. And the finances that sometimes burn us. I'm talking about me right now. In case you didn't know. It's not third person. What do you do then? Where's God's goodness then? Can God's goodness be in those hard times? Absolutely. When I talk to my dad, he says, "I want to go to be with I want to be in heaven with your mom." has COPD can barely get around, he says, "I'm done. He's admitting that God's good even in the hardest times. You might not be going through that intensive hardness, but you're going through something, and God's goodness can be seen even in the things that don't look like God can be seen in. God's goodness is everything. You can be in the worst places and God's goodness shows up. Jesus was in the desert and he provided bread for people to eat. Jesus is at a wedding where the wine had gone. uh, There was no longer wine and he provided the best of wine. Jesus was tempted in the desert and he came out of the desert filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus went to the cross for you and I and he came out victor over sin and death for you and I. In the worst situations, God's goodness shows up. You can be in the best situations. You can be in the best places and miss God's goodness as well. Can God's goodness be seen in the busy times? God's in the quiet times, in the food lines, in the return lines, in the in the parking lot, in the lines going up to Seattle when the traffic is intense, in the vacation times, mostly in the people times. God's goodness can be missed there. God is good perfectly good and everything comes from him darkness sin problems can sometimes crowd out the goodness of god but he's still good israel is in exile their circumstances seemed to distance them from god but it was not true god had not given up on them god's goodness was still showing up he's saying oh everyone that's thirsty come come an open invitation As satisfying experience. Come and be satisfied with me. David expressed it this way. He said. I say to the Lord. You are my God. Apart from you. There is no good thing. David came to a point. Where it doesn't matter. There's nothing good. Except from what comes from you. Or he said it this way. I said to the Lord. You are my master. Every good thing I have. Comes from you. Psalm 162. Or 16, two. Do you believe with me that every good thing that is in your life comes from God? He said also in Psalm eighty four eleven, the Lord is our son and shield. He gives grace and glory. The Lord will withhold, withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. People withhold goodness because of their willfulness or their capacity. But God has unlimited capacity and he's totally willing to. To give us, each one of us, good. It's an open invitation. Knowing God is a satisfying experience. And lastly, it's a forever relationship. David ends his psalm, uh, or in verse 50, uh, 55, verse 3. Give ear and come to me, listen to me so you can live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promise to David. Everlasting. I have a forever relationship with God. Excuse me, but whenever the crap of life gets too much, I still have a relationship with God that overcomes all of that stuff. I have a forever relationship with God to know that his goodness is good and sink my whole trust in that place that he's got my back. He's taken care of me. The circumstances don't determine God's goodness my, I trust in him that he is good and that he will give to me good and it will be satisfying for my soul. When I have sense sometimes that I am lacking, I can go to God and I can believe that He will give me the satisfaction that maybe this world isn't giving to me, and his goodness is enough. We have to live under God's goodness. The covenant that is referred to here is a promise that God made with his people, kind of like an umbrella. You come under my goodness and you will experience my goodness. If you go outside of the umbrella and outside of my goodness, I still will love you and I will still I'll still be good. But you will not experience my goodness the way I would like you to experience it. It's like a child who lives under the protection of their parent. A citizen under the policeman's protection. Or can you think of some other situation where you come under and you're living and someone's taking care of you? But if you move outside of that, how many people in our community are isolated? They don't know the, the the goodness of God. They've distanced themselves from family and friends, and they don't understand that God wants to call them into the umbrella which I would call the church. Come in here, and you will be loved and you will experience the goodness of God in your life. Come to me. Come back to me. Come under my goodness and follow my ways. Paul said, he said it well, what will get us back to God? The goodness of God. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? God is so good. It leads me back. and I want to change. I want him. I want more of him. Place yourself under his goodness. What would it be like to live in a constant awareness of the goodness of God? Not just when things are all bright and shiny and not and not when uh, things are all bad. But what would it be like to have this awareness of living that God is good all the time? Have you heard that saying before? And all the time that God is good to live under that awareness that you and I are actually expected to, and this is the way of life that God calls us to, to live a life of goodness. Living and aware of his mercy, constantly aware of his love, knowing that I'm totally forgiven. Why not imagine that with me? To know, as David said, I will know the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Here's some suggestions for you. How you and I could practically think about what can I do to help me personally, practically stay under the goodness of God. If you haven't recently simply sat down when good things happen and appreciated God, bow your head in prayer and thank him for it. If you haven't been in the habit of sitting down and thanking God for your food, maybe that'd be a good reminder. That you say, well, we don't we just don't do that. We're we're really busy. Well, Take a break, pause and do a verbal prayer. And, and say, thank you for my food, God. Thank you for the blessings that I do have. Have you appreciated the people in your life? You know, the people in your life uh, sometimes are, 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 are treat you well and sometimes they don't, but they're not your adversaries. It's a huge, if you can shift your mind and think this thought, it's hard to think this thought, but people are not your adversaries. Begin to thank God for the people you do have, not the people you wish you had or the thought things you w- would like to have thank God for that. If you haven't read the scripture on a routine basis, do you know that there's a great Bible app that you can get that can remind you to read the Bible every day? Look up Bible app. If you have struggled with reading the scripture and, and haven't had it as part of your practice and you've done a little bit and moved off, They have some wonderful devotionals and scriptures that you can read every day and you can pick your choice. Get the Bible app. If you don't know what to do, I would encourage you. It reminds you on your phone and you'll start to get the word of God in you. It will be the news that will displace the bad news and it will begin to feed your soul and you will start to see glimpses of the goodness of God. In just a few moments, we're going to take communion together. When God invites us, when he invites us to taste and see that he is good, he's calling us to commune with him, to participate with him, to taste and see that he is good. In just a moment, you're going to taste a little bread and a little grape juice. It's a reminder that God is so good that he wants to be as, 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 as personal and as present as the communion elements that we're about to take in a moment. What does God's goodness look like? It looks like Jesus. God's goodness looks like Jesus. Didn't Jesus come to this earth and say, a wide open invitation, come. How many times did Jesus say come? Come, put off your anxieties, put off your worries, come to me, let me satisfy your soul. A wide open invitation. Didn't Jesus say he would satisfy your soul? He said, I am the bread of life. And a communion. He said, take eat. This is my body. Come, Be satisfied with me. And didn't Jesus pr- promise us a forever relationship? John 10, 28 through 29 says this. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than they all, and no one can take them from the Father's hand. A forever relationship. This season, this November season, what I encourage you to is move closer to the goodness of God, to appreciate the goodness, to expect the goodness, to, to be able to receive more of the goodness of God in your life, and mine. Would you pray with me?